Hello, my name is Delmer Eldred, and I want to welcome you to an interview with Lee Dugan, a contributing editor for the Kelsey Don Foundation, is a former newspaper reporter, an editor, small businessman, teacher, author of several books, and also one of the writers for News with Views. And Lee, thank you for joining me today. Uh, thank you, Del, for inviting me. It's been a while since I've done this. <laughs> well, Lee, your uh, evaluation in your article, uh, Government the Problem, Not the Solution, is a very interesting perspective on the government's quest for power. Would you go over some of the details uh, and the views that you presented in that article? Well, I look at it historically. Uh, I have a degree in political science. I'm a lifelong student of history. And I find that Ancient historians like Livy, Plutarch, and Thucydides have very much to say to us here and now. And one of the things they tell me as I study them is government never changes. There is always a dynamic of government trying to expand its power at the people's expense. The things that change are superficial changes. Used to be, oh, I think I'll conquer somebody today. Genghis Khan, Pyrrhus, modern times, Adolf Hitler. Well, they don't do that anymore because whenever they try, it usually winds up with the aggressor in a smoking ruin, like uh, Hitler's bunker in Berlin. He wanted, he wanted a great big piece of the world, and he choked on it. Well, they don't do it that way anymore. The, the Attila the Hun mass of hostile horsemen, that, we don't have to see that anymore. No, they do it now by flattery, seduction, lying, scare tactics, as we have seen in the whole COVID saga. What was the upshot? What was the end result of the COVID scare? More power for government. And they're not done. They want more beyond that. But instead of sending out Mongol barbarians to kill us, they've got, uh, they've got all sorts of experts to tell us, let government have its way or you're all doomed. You're all going to die if we don't get to do things the way we want to do them. And of course, people believe them back in 2020. I think we're beginning to wake up from that. I hope we are. Well, Lee, uh, do you think uh, the uh, idea that the government of the people, by the people, for the people even exist anymore? It has always existed in one form or another, even before people had the words for it. Uh, you know, writing in the time of Augustus Caesar, Livy treasured the memory of the Roman Republic. That's all it was by then, a memory. But he still treasured it and wished they could have it back. He had to be careful about saying that. Didn't want to be put to death. Uh, I think we will always have that dream because that's another dynamic of history. In the early 18th century, 
liberty could be found in only one place in the Western world, and that, of all places, was aboard a pirate ship. Only pirates preserved the memory of the social contract. Became a pirate, fine, you signed articles obliging your leaders to do certain things for you and obliging you to do certain things for them. And the leader's authority rested on the consent of the lead of the governed. But that had almost been wiped out worldwide, only existed aboard pirate ships. That's how close it came to being snuffed out. But it would not be long after that that uh, our Revolutionary War came along. And now the whole world had those ideals to handle. Well, it inspired revolutions all over. Lee, is America really, I mean, like you were saying, with all the government mandates and controls that people have obeyed uh, faithfully, <laughs> a lot of them, uh, do you think that we are living in perilous times right now in America? No, everything's fine. <laughs> of course, we're living in perilous times. Well, I mean, people talk about the invisible government. Well, what can they do to harm us that the visible government isn't doing? Exactly. Well, you know, the, do you believe there's going to be a tipping point where people are going to start resisting the dominant control of government? I pray that there will be. I ask God to provide it. Ask him every day. I believe that eventually he will. Because here's another pattern of history. As powerful as the empire gets, eventually you reach a point where it collapses. It is put down. It is destroyed, never to return. There's no more Roman Empire. Genghis Khan's empire is gone. There's no more Third Reich, no more Soviet Union. These things do not last because they fly against the better parts of human nature. And I believe they fly against the will of God himself. So, because they always devolve, don't they, into a form of bogus religion and idol worship. Lee, do you uh, do you feel that the uh, education, public education system has been, I mean, it, for years they have been uh, dumbing down or, uh, anyway, the education has brought forth a lot of the problems that we're seeing today. If our civilization ever turns out to be nothing left but a smoking ruin, the lion's share of the blame must go to our education system, especially public education, not only the higher education, as it is called, ha-ha, but all of it from kindergarten on up. It was always a bad idea. Our country was founded and, and established without it. It didn't come along until the 19th century. We could do without it now very nicely. Uh, I, I can't think of a problem America has that has not been made worse by teachers' unions, 
far-left idiot textbooks, ignorant students being easily manipulated by their professors and other left-wing characters. Uh, the other day, I saw a picture of a, of a demonstration by college students, the Youth of America. They were demonstrating, of course, in favor of Hamas, which had just attacked Israel the day before, unprovoked attack by savages. And there are these people poncing around with signs that read, Queers for Hamas, Gays for Gaza. Don't these morons know what happens to gay yay yays in Muslim countries? The only way they don't get pitched off the roofs of tall buildings is if the enemy has so far knocked over the tall buildings. No, no, we're gays for Gaza. You blocks, you stones, you worse than senseless things, as Shakespeare said. But that's that they get that from public education. That's who turns out these blithering idiots. Public education. It's an idiot factory. Oh. It's all public education's fault, and the sooner we get rid of it, the better. Lee, have we ever really uh, followed the Constitution and uh, with the uh, ideas and with the, with the framers had, had in mind? All right, let's back up a couple thousand years to a topic that was really quite familiar to the men who wrote our Constitution and voted to ratify it. That is the Roman Constitution, the Constitution of the Roman Republic, circa 400 B.C., 300 B.C., back then. They always talked about their Constitution, but they never wrote it down. And what they had was conflicts inherent in their system that they never were able to resolve. So you had these tides of conflict washing back and forth throughout the history of the Roman Republic. Patricians against plebeians, plebeians against patricians. At one point, the, the elite became so oppressive that the commoners in Rome packed up and bloody well left. They moved to another town a few miles away. All of a sudden, the senators had the whole city of Rome to themselves. And guess who had to clean up all the streets? Well, they didn't like that. And to get the plebs back, they had to promise them all sorts of concessions. This kind of thing went on all the time in the Roman Republic. Until finally... Under the leadership of men like Julius Caesar and Marcus Licinius Crassus, Pompey the Great, uh, they lost their republic, their own leaders, and their people who did not understand what they had and did not value it. They destroyed their own republic. And one of the big problems, one of the big causes for that was they never had it written down. They tried, but they could never agree. So 
For instance, sometime around 400 BC, they sent a board of 12 men called Decemvirs, 10 men rather, they sent them all the way to the Greek oracle at Delphi to ask, you know, what, what kind of laws should we have? What should we do? And they got the answer from the oracle. But before you could say Jack Robinson, who was not exactly well known in Rome, before you could say anything, the board of special experts on government decided, hey, you know what? It's nice to be in power. Let's stay in power. So they declared their temporary appointments permanent. And next thing, back, back where they started from, political crisis, only resolved by violence. And these crises came more and more often over time and more and more severe until that was the end. Goodbye, Roman Republic. Hello, Empire. That could happen to anybody. That could certainly happen to us. Our fathers knew that, and that is why they wrote down and ratified the Constitution so that everybody knew what they were getting. They didn't have to try to make it up as they went along, as the Romans did. So our system was better, and is better. And if we could only just get our act together and start supporting it against the left, its enemies who want to destroy it, if we could just get our act together, there are many more of us than there are of them. Well, Lee, uh, do you do you think that this uh, present administration, I mean, the government, uh, people in Washington have always expressed a desire to have more and more power. But do you think that it's accelerated uh, in the last three years compared to what we've seen before? Well, compared to Obama, Obama's regime was a very dark, evil period in American history where the government successfully expanded a lot of its power in spite of the fact that we elected a Republican Congress to hold them back and rein them in. Uh, John Boehner and his company in, in the House of Representatives did no such thing. They campaigned on, we'll put, a, we'll put the reins on Obama, and then they never did. Obamacare, they never, they never grappled with that. Uh, Trump was sort of an interruption of the process. I can't think of too many examples of Donald Trump expanding the government's power beyond any reasonable limit. But certainly the day that this monkey Biden was inaugurated, that was the day this government's power started to expand recklessly. You may remember the first thing he did upon swearing in was cut off the pipeline. Well, you can't have a pipeline anymore. We're going to cut that off and gee, the price of everything is going to go up. But that's okay. We're going to have Green New Deal and then the prices can go up some more. And meanwhile, we can just ignore any enforcement of our border laws. 
Well, all sorts of people in. Well, you know, the the Green New Deal and the border combined is, I, I don't know how much longer our economy is going to be able to maintain any uh, stability at all. Uh, it's, it's, it's falling apart at such a rapid rate. Do you think that uh, we're going to have to change our economy? or How are they going to do it? Because, the, I mean, $100 billion here, a billion there, <laughs> pretty soon that money's got to be gone. Just print up some more. It won't be worth anything, but, uh, you know, one of the things I've noticed in the latter part of my life is that when Democrats are in power, things do get worse and people feel worse about them. And it manifests itself outwardly. Uh, Last year of Obama's regime, you saw really puny Halloween and Christmas decorations. My wife and I like to ride around town and look at the decorations. Obama's president for year eight, very unimpressive decorations. Trump comes in. A year later, well, look at this. Nice decorations are back. They're They're much more attractive and bigger and more splendid than they were a year ago. And now we're back to puny decorations on our holidays because we have Joe Biden in the White House and people's lives are not as good as they were. They're coping with less purchasing power for their money, uh, fewer rewards for their work, a constant threat that things will get worse. You'll wake up and it'll be worse the next day. And... uh, You see that. They don't have the money. They don't have the spirit to decorate their homes. A general malaise sets in. And Democrats are very good at fostering that. It's one of the things they do best is make people feel helpless. Well, you know, that (laughs) kind of going along with what you said, that was that was one of the first things. we noticed, especially Trump's second year in office, was the amount of uh, all the Christmas lights and decorations that came back. They were getting uh, fewer and fewer, and then all of a sudden, boom! Yeah. It was... <laughs> so yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about there. So took me a few years to see that, but now you can't unsee it. Right. Yeah. So you know the the but the thing is is that. Um, I don't understand why, uh, with all the stuff, the the crimes that's been committed and been brought out since this administration has been in, and nobody's paying the consequences for what they've done. I mean, illegal campaign uh-huh. donations. I mean, it just goes on and on. So, well, here's the problem: who are you going to call? Who has the power to avenge these wrongs? Uh, Supposedly Congress. But Congress is also chock full of Democrats who are never, ever, ever going to punish anything done by any big name Democrat. It ain't going to happen ever. So they talk about impeaching Biden. Well, fine, you want to do that to wave the flag. We can dig it. But don't expect anything to come of it. 
you need a two-thirds vote in the Senate to get a president out of office, and half the senators are Democrats, so you might as well stay home. But we have to find some way to rein these people in, and one way to do it would be to stop voting for them. Well, that's uh, you know interesting thing that I don't understand is how in the world uh, they can bypass Congress, uh, sending money to Iran. Now he's going to bu- he's bypassing Congress. He's going to send money to Gaza. Well, that money that money to Iran that six billion dollars is now in limbo. Congress did act, and. I don't know where where the money is going, but it, it has not yet gone to Iran. Well, that's a good deal. I think it's sitting in a bank in Qatar or someplace. But they they did put that scheme into limbo. They stopped it at the last minute. Well, that's great. I'm I didn't know that, but you know, yeah, it was but, six billion bucks. For, it's not it's not something that the news media in their Democrat sympathies, wanted to shout from the housetops. Well, and now he wants... It didn't happen. And now he's bypassing Congress with that hundred, I think it's a hundred million to Gaza. I I thought all those funds had to go through Congress approval, but... They do, and and don't be too surprised if if these schemes get scuttled at the last minute like the Iran money was. I mean, it's one thing to say, I declare an executive order to give all our money to Muslim fanatics who want to cut our throats while we're in bed. And it's another thing to actually do it. (laughs) Well, that's good, because it makes me nervous that they start throwing money toward terrorists. And, uh, you know, with the open border, we have... uh, According to the FBI and the border security, we have uh, quite a few of uh, uh, active terrorist people coming into the country right now. How many cutthroats are sitting there somewhere in America just waiting for the high sign? Exactly. That's that's what I was thinking, too. That's what happened in Israel. They just sort of strolled over the border and they didn't look like terrorists. Nobody bothered to stop them, and they were in place when the balloon went up. Right. Yeah. See, that's sort of why countries, like, have borders, so that stuff like that doesn't happen. Right. That's exactly, you know, uh, the warning signs were up when Biden took office that we have to control the border because of the people that were a lot of them that were coming in from 160 yeah. countries were not the co- people that we really wanted to uh, let into this country, but that didn't seem to bother them. They just, uh, I mean, we've got organized national gangs. We've got uh, cartel people, uh, Hamas. I mean, <laughs> we've yeah. got a- every bad element there is is coming across the border. Not all of them, but I mean, you know, a good percentage of them. We import villains. We can't seem to create enough of our own. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, is that we send our soldiers over there to risk their lives. They come home wounded or or pieces missing. And yet, then we uh, import the ones that they were fighting. You know, that don't even make sense. (laughs) 
That was another thing the Romans did that destroyed their civilization. They lost control of their borders. Yeah. Especially well, the Danube border. Well, that's, I, I think it, I might misquote, but what Reagan said, without borders, there is no nation. So He's absolutely right. Yep. Well, Lee, uh, I appreciate your information. I'm talking about where we're kind of headed today and how it actually, I guess you could say, uh, if you don't uh, study history, it's bound to repeat itself. And that's kind of... Which is what it's doing right in front of us. Right. So, Lee, I just appreciate your time today. I've been talking with Lee Dugan. He is a contributing editor for the... Calcedon Foundation, and he also writes with News with Views. has very has a lot of very interesting articles in his on his website. And uh, how do the people get to your uh, website, Lee? Nothing could be easier. Just to type in www.leedwigan.com. That's L-E-E-D-U-I-G-O-N. Okay. Well, Lee, I appreciate your time today, and I thank you very much for uh, doing this interview. I appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm just about out of gas, but that's okay because we're 